Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Winners and losers from the trade deadline, next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Dave Richard to talk about some trades, both real NFL ones and some that you should be making for your fantasy team. And let's uh, let's kick it off with the NFL trade deadline, which was 4 p.m. on Tuesday. The, the biggest deal was probably, I guess, TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings, maybe Chase Claypool going to the Bears. But Dave, I'm interested in, in hearing your thoughts on what the biggest impact of the trade deadline is, both from you know, trades that did happen and potentially some that didn't. Well, I, I think it's interesting that Brandon Cook stays in Houston. That doesn't help him. Uh, just as an example, Kareem Hunt staying in Cleveland doesn't necessarily help yep. him. And I think Chase Claypool leaving Pittsburgh creates three winners. I think Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth will see more targets than they have been and uh, really don't see Steven Sims stepping into that slot role. They do have a rookie who's on IR right now named Calvin Austin. He's more of like a speed and like a, a shot play type of guy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily someone that I would look at and say, okay, that's a five, six catch a week receiver. But we'll see what the Steelers do with him. Until then, I think those other pass catchers that are still in Pittsburgh kind of have their fantasy values revived just a little bit without Chase Claypool playing in the slot. Yeah, obviously Kenny Pickett needs to play better. <laughs> you know, yeah, we could start that's there where too. It starts. Sure. He, he's uh, been one of the worst deep passers in the NFL. I think he was. I want to say this week he was 0 for seven on passes uh, 15 plus yards down the field. It was something really, really bad. So he needs to play better. And look, he, he's got a a buy coming up. So hopefully he can get going. But you know, there's definitely opportunities there. Let's uh let's get a, a winner from the trade deadline. One big winner besides those Steelers guys. So maybe a player that actually was traded that fantasy managers might actually like to have on their team. Something like that. Chris? Sure. Yeah. I'm thinking it's Naheem Hines going to the Buffalo bills and, and a team that's actually thrown to their running backs. 21.2% of the time so far this year, uh, a running back has had at least five targets in four of seven games. Hines clearly will be the passing downs back. Mm-hmm. The hurry up specialist. Anytime they're in the mood to just sling it around against an opponent. I think you'll see Naheem Hines in the backfield jumping out of there, running some routes, 16 games in his career with at least five catches. He's had at least 10 PPR points in 11 of them. Dial that down, 29 games in his career with at least four catches. He's had 10 or more PPR points in 16 of them. He's a good flex and full PPR and a good bench running back in half and non-PPR. Yeah, I think it's a, a Bad news for Devin Singletary, for sure. He's only had one game with more than 15 True. PPR points this this season. That came in a week, I believe, three against the Dolphins when they were throwing to him. He had nine catches in that game. It's a total outlier for his career. But that was really the only path to him having upside was if they, they you know, if, if he was really the only back who mattered there, he's not going to be, I think. So definitely a loser. Who's another loser from the trade deadline? I think you've got to look at everybody that's now in the Denver Broncos backfield and say, yeah. I, I don't know what to make of this. They've got Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, and Chase Edmonds. It sounds like my fantasy team from three years ago <laughs> when I was actually excited to start these guys. 
and it maybe Edmonds plays in that passing downs role. They mm-hmm. they define that for him. Look, he's had success there before. And then they just have Murray and Gordon moving to a running downs role. I was surprised to see, Chris, that Russell Wilson's thrown to his running backs 25.1% of the time. I think some of that has to do with the fact that he's under pressure and he yeah. wants to get rid of the ball quickly, whether he's actually under pressure or feeling ghost pressure. But I, I can't buy into Chase Edmonds as a even like a, a reliable bench yeah. running back in fantasy. You can put him on your bench in PPR and hope that he he comes in handy as a bye week replacement. I won't fight you on that. I think I like Latavius a little bit better because I think he's got that goal line role carved out. Yeah. That's something that we probably will not see from Chase Edmonds. And I don't think this means anything good for Melvin Gordon, but you probably weren't starting Melvin Gordon anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. You shouldn't have been at least. Yeah, I think the hope, I guess, for me would be that maybe Chase Edmonds could become the lead back there. Maybe he's just better than you know the old versions of Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. But, you know, certainly can't look at it that way right now. You're hoping it happens, but not something that you can bet on right now. Let's uh, before we go, let's go real quick. One buy low and one sell high candidate going into week nine. I didn't get a chance to talk about a Monroe St. Brown as a buy low candidate, but man, is he a screaming buy low now, especially yes. with TJ Hawkinson moving on from Detroit. Look, he played 95% of the snaps last week, had that huge role that you're looking for. And he had 10 targets with it, mm-hmm. but still not huge numbers. And he was hurt before then. So maybe the fantasy manager that had a Monroe St. Brown or has him, why would he get rid of him? Uh, I, I think that you've got to check in and say, Hey, you still want him and maybe even offer to overpay just a little bit for him, but you're not really overpaying. You're picking up a wide receiver who's had at least nine targets in each game. He's played 70 or more percent of the snaps in, in each of his past nine going back to last year. He's a top 12 wide receiver for me. I I think he's close to that in PPR moving forward. Yeah. PPR. And and you think about the defense in Detroit, they stink. You Mm -hmm. think about how game script's going to go for them. The cherry on top is, Hawkinson leaving, and I think you could see him getting a dozen targets in most of his games moving forward. All right, you got a sell high candidate for me? I've got a sell high candidate for you, and I think it's Dak Prescott, who is coming off of a huge game, 29 fantasy points. If you take away the rushing touchdown, you can do the simple math and figure out what he had. And I'm going to give my hat tip to Adam Azer on this one. The remaining schedule for the Cowboys includes six games with teams ranked in the bottom 13 in points per game including all four teams in the AFC South. These are favorable matchups for the Dallas Cowboys defense, which Mm -hmm. has been playing great football all year long. Don't see that changing. And if they're holding down opponents to 18, 21 points per game, how much passing is Dak going to need to reliably do? He doesn't have a game yet this year with over 30 pass attempts. He might only have three of those the rest of the way, which means you'd have to bet on his hyper-efficiency coming through, like what we saw against Chicago in week number eight. I would try and sell high on Dak Prescott. Here's an idea for you. Turn him into Tom Brady. And you might even be able to get Brady and another yeah. player for Dak because the people who have Tom Brady, if they're not watching the games, they're thinking he's old and washed. He's had moments where he's looked washed, Chris, but he's also had a moment where a touchdown was called back by a penalty. That happened last week. Where his best receiver drops a deep bomb. That happened two games ago. If those two plays come through, I think we're having a completely different conversation about Brady as a buy low. Dak is a sell high because I don't think he's going to have many more games with 25 plus fans. All right. That's going to do it for fantasy football today in five. We'll be back tomorrow with some week nine preview questions. We'll see you then.